This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, and I'm your host, Jason Glick. How are you, Jason Glick? Oh, I'm doing just fine. And here we are for our first podcast after our five-year anniversary. Yay! Woot, woot. Yeah. Ironic yes, how that, that kind of coincided with the Fanime thing, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like... And like as I said, as I said in the post about it, it's like in another five years we'll um, figure out how to edit the about post for the site. But you know that may not be a problem. But um, we'll we'll talk about that. You'll see what we mean by that later on. Okay. What do you have for us tonight? Okay. Well, I have a ginormous one volume thing that um, a lot of people would like think that I'm nuts for owning, but at the same time I. When I, it's actually like fairly cost-effective for what it is. I am talking about the um, Avengers vs. X-Men Companion. Now, is Iron Man you, in it? What, what was I'm that? Just kidding. I said, is Iron Man in it? I'm joking. <laughs> Dude, everyone's in it. Of course. <laughs> I mean, they got everyone from Red Hulk, Doctor Nemesis, to um, to Iron Fist, to Hope, to like you know every just about every fucking character in the uh, in the Marvel universe. They they all. You name it, they make an appear. They can probably make an appearance here. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, I mean, this th- this companion it's a collection of all the tie-in issues for the crossover, and that's basically a big caveat right here. So basically, if you have not read um, Avengers X Men, you're generally going to become quite quite lost and or confused by a lot of the stuff that's going on here. I mean, if you're not, so if you haven't, if you haven't read the crossover, which be perfectly honest, isn't all that great in the first place, um, then you're probably going to be like, um, be, be disappointed. I mean, the main reason I bought this, I mean, because when I first heard it was announced, it's like, what, they're collecting every um, tie-in issue in a single collection? I mean, who the hell would buy that? Then I realized, oh, wait, I'm already reading like, uh, like four of the main series collected here. God damn it. So, for me, at the very least, this collects um, six, well, really seven um, volumes of, volumes of stuff, of, of, volumes of, of, let's see, of, of a Wolverine and the X-Men, Uncanny X-Men, Avengers and New Avengers, plus the uh, Kieran Gillen scripted um, AVX um, epilogue that, um, yeah, I would have bought anyway. You know, if it wasn't for this cl- this hardcover right here, the stuff that um, I wouldn't have bought otherwise, which was the um, Avengers Academy, Secret Avengers, and um, X Men Legacy issues, well, I m- maybe would have bought them at some point, but um, they like that's that's just like um like thirteen fourteen issues of bonus right right here. So so the thing is though, it's like well, I I, I really don't think the X the Avengers is X Men. Um, crossover was all that it could have been. I mean, so it just really felt too editorially um, dictated, dictated and directed for its own, for its own good, and um, just and also the and, and the way like focused it um like it, when the whole bit about the whole Phoenix Five was real, you can get like um B listers like um well Colossus and Magic who I like, but you know they're still B list and Namor along with um, Scott Summers and Emma Frost, who are really, like, you know, the characters who've got the real story to tell about th- about this. You know, their ends justifies means philosophy. You know, it's like, that's, that kind of stuff, it's like, it just, um, like, it just d- it didn't work for me. And it also left me the feeling that I, that I could have, that um, I could have written something better. That's not true, of course, but it's always a bad thing when something leaves you, when, when a big, like, um, corporate event leaves you with that, that kind of feeling. However, the companion itself... 
overall, it's like it actually, um, a lot of the stuff here is actually generally pretty pretty entertaining and does add a lot of scope and depth to the um to the main event. It's like I mean, yes, of course, it's like fifty issues here, so you've got lots of room to maneuver here. Um, the thing is, though, it's like um, they, well, they, well, the collection isn't isn't perfect. I mean, there's some continuity glitches in terms of like showing characters who are imprisoned in one issue suddenly free in the next, and also like there's like a little printing errors. Like there's a double page. There's two pages that are um, reprinted opposite each other in um, it's like in the event in one of the X Men Legacy issues, and um, Uncanny X Men 19 is omitted from the. Uh, like from the table of contents, little minor things right here. But overall, it's like if you did buy, um, like the Avengers X Men, um, tra- um, hardcover trade paperback, then this, then, then this collection right here adds a lot of, like does does make does actually like um, raise my estimation of the uh, of the event itself because it's because it's got a lot of talented creators just like plowing through with their, with their own takes on on various bits in the crossover. And most importantly, like someone like um person who assembled this collection actually had the great idea to actually put to arrange all the issues chronologically. So well, chronologically more or less, because the uh, new Avengers issues um that show show you the secret connection between um between the Phoenix Force and the um, Iron Fist power, you know, they kinda they kinda take place um much later in the crossover than than as than is indicated here. But still, there's a lot of good See, there's a lot of good stuff here, and and if nothing else, I appreciate the fact that you know this that breaking all this stuff chronologically um, make makes for more interesting, particularly with the um, with Brian Bendis's um, like New Avengers and um, Avengers issue, issues, which are just which with the exception of the that, that New Avengers arc I just mentioned are just kind of like one one little one-off stories just. Just um, illustrating like the various conflicts going, going on. I mean, like the first, first his first Avengers issue, um, like shows Captain America just like hoping for a win in light of the, uh, the setbacks he's encountered with Norman Osborn in the previous, previous volumes, and um, see, and just and like later issues like showing showing like the Red Hulk, um, like you know take like um, trying to take matters into his own hands and uh, trying to assassinate Scott Scott Summers. And then, like final issue, showing um, Spider Woman and Hawkeye just you know just making ice and like advancing their romantic relationship as they beat up um, Mister Negative as he tries to um, steal a bunch of um, mechs in New York. I mean stuff like that. And then you've also got like with the um, New Avengers, like um, a lot of the focus here, those issues like is on Luke Cage and his and his dilemma as far as like, you know, does he want to keep being an Avenger when he's, when he's a dad and he's got this kid I and mean, how can you keep putting this kid in, it's like in danger. I mean, it's like when you're, it's like when you're fighting I and mean, there's, some, there's some good, there's some good stuff there with his, with, um, cages, um, with cages scenes about how to go with what, what to do with, what, where does he want to go with the Avengers and a great bit, um, with when, um, it's like when um he when he when he and Daredevil are escorting um, Emma Frost um into custody, and um Daredevil goes yeah it's like she's not going to understand this because you know because we spend like all our lives defending this like little part of New York hill, and and also because we're both black, <laughs> yeah lots there's certain things that just crack me up each time and that's that's one of them, but um listen the the new Avengers stuff like um does I imagine it reads a lot better like this when things are just like broken up. Like between the other issues, other issues here, just like showing, like showing you the 
continuity of the event as opposed to the, how they read in the collections themselves when they're just like you know just one after the other and just you know not giving you like a real feel about you know what's the progression of things. Then you've also got um, like Wolverine and the X Men, which is you know J- Jason Aaron's great um, scripted series, great, um, and it shows you that and um, that's but it, on, on some level it's like he gets some good material from the. Uh, um, like from the, ver- from the various conflicts, I mean, he, it's very much he kind of like really plows through this whole like you know this is like the story of the um, Jean Grey school, and um, Wolverine's trying to run things in the mi- like in the midst of all this chaos, and he also has to deal with stuff like you know with Scott, Scott and his um ref- and refugees from the Extinction Team showing up at the very beginning saying hey you know we're looking for for asylum and you it's like and you, you got to help us out. Like think fun things like that. Other things like Rachel Summers facing a dilemma about being forcing um being forced to hunt mutants again. It's like when like when she's um siding with um with Wolverine. It's like and it's like and um and Kitty Pride having to deal with the fact that her boyfriend Colossus is now possessed of an omnipotent power and you know he still wants to take her out on a date. Unfortunately, his date involves like um parting like parting the seas while they get some seafood. So it's kind of awkward like that. Um, overall, it's like Wolverine and the X Men. It's it's generally it's like it's as fun and crazy as before, and, and I am kind of annoyed by the fact that they decided to omit the uh, Mike Allred um, illustrated issue seventeen because because uh, it was originally supposed to come out you know as issue eighteen, but then like you know production delays happened, so now I'm gonna have to go out and buy um, buy the issue myself at Comic Con because you know hey you know um, Aaron and Allred it sounds like a winning combination to me. But still, it's like, um, like Aaron gets some, does get some good, like some good um, stories out of the, it's like like out of this crossover, and um, it's like even though it feels like he's kind of like you know he's just you know give, a lot of times he's kind of giving lip service while he gets on with his um um various um plot threads in the, uh, it's like like in his in the solo title itself, particularly with the um the, the Hellfire Kids, and also um it wraps up on a on a very um disturbing note. After um, when one of the um, what one of the more memorable supporting cast members of the series is um, permanently shot through the head, and well, we're led to believe that this this um, individual is dead, but you know that might not be the case. Still, it's like good stuff right there. But still, if I had to give the um, the gold star to anyone who um, any one writer for this for this collection, it would be um, Kieran Gillen, whose mutant power continues to be to get um, worthwhile material out of out of crossover crossover events. He did great stuff with his um Fear Itself tie-ins on see on um oh, god damn it. On Un- Uncanny X-Men and um oh god damn it. what's the uh what was that series he did with Kid Loki? God damn it. Um oh well it'll come back to me. I can't believe I'm forgetting this right now. But um Ah, anyway, the uh, but he but he actually like um does do some great great stories like um just like digging into the meat of, meat of the crossover because he's got um a lot of the main characters to work with. He gets uh, there's the um the first couple issues um fo- mainly focus on like you know the fighting between the uh, characters and also on his um pet character um u- um unit um the uh, the, the um, genocidal and like um android who's Who's looking to achieve universal utopia through any means necessary? We also, and, and while I'm sure like Marvel editorial didn't plan for Unit to have a major part in this crossover, um, um, Jill manages to 
cleverly retcon him into having a uh, fairly important part in this in part in these whole these whole proceedings. It's like the first first three issues of his his run are good fun in the sense he's just um, nipping at the edges right there. But then in the um, see then in the middle of the as he has, as things get going, he manages to uh, he goes and um, he goes and like starts tries to advance his um his Mister Sinister storyline that he started in the first in his um, initial run on this run on the series. We get some get a great prologue issue from that with some fantastic art from Dustin Weaver that outlined Sinister's new um, setup um, underneath Anchorage, Alaska, as he's recreated Victorian England to his specifications. Special specifications being that he is he is um. Like he he's sinister. He's just making clones of himself and just you know creating an entire world based on him. Also modern after modeled after um nineteenth century London, and um then then you get um him taking taking on the uh, like the Phoenix Five themselves as um Scott Summers decides you know we're here to create a better world and I think it'd be a better world without sinister in it, and um them taking the fight to sinister who is managed who um actually is quite a few surprises for them fact that he's actually um, much better equipped to fight them than they than they really thought, and at least then it comes down to the um, non-powered members, of the, the non-Phoenix Force member, enabled members of the ex- extinction team, um, Psylocke, Magneto, Danger, and um, Unit, um, pulling the strings in the background to um, see oh, and Storm as well to um, to rescue them. It's um, see it's it's some um, good, it's great creepy stuff, and even if the end is kind of like doesn't display any real ingenuity in um, resolving these issues, it's still it's still a lot of fun. Plus, with the um, it also has majority of these these issues all um, have art from Daniel Acuna, who I who I love. You know, I pay to see him draw the phone book. He's just that he's just that good. And and uh, but um, but the best part is, I mean, like just reading um, Gillen's issues. I mean, it does feel like he's like he's managed to he's done a better job than any any of these other writers about advancing his the stories he's um plot threads he's set up in the uh, like in the volumes prior to prior to Avengers versus X Men we've also we get um some nice um resolution to the uh, Colossus to the Colossus as Juggernaut storyline and uh, like a nice disturbing change in his relationship to his sister Magic it's like as well as like he also gets this good job of getting inside um Scott Summers head. And showing that you know he believes himself to be, that everything he's done is right. It's like, and even well, not everything he's done is right, but that that, that you know, like it ultimately, um, it, he was that everything he did was justified, and he, and that you know, hey, it's like that's it. I can, if you want to kill me now, I can die a martyr, which is um explored in the uh, in the in the um epilogue, which really more than anything else, kind of it does serve as like following action to the crossover itself, but it's also you know, sitting up like acts more of a coda to um Jillen's own uncanny run, which I'm perfectly fine here. So overall, it's like yeah. So Jillen's um like contributions to the store to, to the uh, take the crossover head and shoulders above every everything else here. If you like, if you're reading Uncanny X Men, go and like go ahead and buy his his stuff. Same with um like same with um Aaron's um, um Wolverine and the X Men worked with. Apparently, like Volume Four does contain that um, all red illustrated issue that I was bitching about, which they didn't include here, bastards. Anyway, the stuff that I didn't wasn't planning on reading: um, Avengers Academy, Secret Avengers, and 
um, X-Men Legacy, well, you know, that's all, that's just kind of like bonus right there. I mean, Avengers, Act, Avengers Academy and Legacy are actually written by the same guy, I'm Christos Gage, who does good, solid superhero work. And that's, 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 a, that's pretty much like what these, uh, these stories are right here. I mean, Avengers Academy focuses on, like, you know, interesting moral, del- like, I mean, like, to give you some nice moral dilemmas to chew on, such as the kids from Utopia being relocated to the Avengers Academy to get them out of the war. But then this, they, they, they're, they're um, like, debates about, you know, like, hey, are we being interned like the Japanese in World War II, which is kind of an awkward um, comparison. And, hey, you know, don't we have a right to fight for the future of our species more than anyone else? Like, things like that. And also, um, like, I'm um, rogue in um, X, X-Men Legacy. I'm, um, be, um, like, finding out just, you know, you know, just like just how far the other guys are willing to go for the, um, like to take to take everyone out, and so when she has to, when she gets a tour of a magic special jail that she's constructed. I mean, like that whole bit with magic there does bit, does more to flesh out her character than anything else I saw in the uh, in the crossover itself, which is highly appreciated. Um, so, but I mean, it's like is it something that's essential? I mean, no, I mean, it's like I'm I don't mind having these 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 issues right here. Like I said, they're a nice bonus. But um, can't say that they they would have been something I would have rushed out and bought myself. The Secret Avengers um, issues um, by Rick Remender are you know fun, but it's, they're also kind of like doing like a zero like a zero sum game story in the sense that you know it's, they're focused on the, uh, the the Avengers team that went out into space to stop stop and contain the Phoenix, and yeah, you get some some decent material out of that with um, some Kree bringing back um, Captain Marvel to um like to um take take um take Phoenix for themselves and yeah I'd be able to care more if I actually give a crap about about Captain Marvel but um even so it's like it's it's decently it's, just, it's a decently constructed action issue but most notable part about it is that it features some really nice art from from Renato Guedes who I have um like been really hard on in the past for saying he's like he's like delivered like lots of atmosphere fear atmosphere fear free work um, from his from his work on um, like on Wolverine with Jason Aaron and um, oh and the fill-in issues of Avengers he did w- with Bendis and um, those yeah but this right here it's like it's here it's like this is like a like a real step above the a real cut above those issues and says so he he got like this old school um, like I don't want to say like just this old, this old school, ultra detailed style. It's like, and also he's telling like he's trying to channel like you know, like nineteenth century like wood woodblock prints right here, and it works. It's a really nice effect for for this essentially like a like a space opera type type story. I mean, yes, he doesn't. He apparently did not get the memo that Beast, um, you know, is more feline in appearance. So, but um, but other than that, I mean, it's like it's a, it's it's a, it's a it's a welcome surprise from what I'm u- from what I usually expect to see from him right there. I mean, overall, like the art art in this volume is like a huge, enormous grab bag. I mean, yes, I like Guetta's work, I like Acuna's work, I like the single issue uh, Dustin Weaver did, and um, um, Chris Chris Bacallo and Nick Bradshaw um, turned in typically strong work. Um, other guys, you know, um, like Rafa Sandoval, Tom Grummet, David Baldion, do good. Good solid conventional superhero work, and there's I don't, know, I, think there's, I don't think there's really any um, bad art as far as I'm as far as I'm concerned. Just like some of the stuff like does trend more towards um, 
you know, competent superhero style than anything else. But overall, what I want to say here is that, you know, it's like, hey, like Avengers vs. X-Men, the event itself is kind of, was kind of a bust, but, you know, hey, if you want this, if you, like I said, if you're already reading, like, a lot of the series here, um, then, yeah, by all means, pick this up. If you, if you, if you can do them, like, I got this for 60 bucks on Amazon, and, um, oh, what is it retailing for right now? So, let's just give me one second here. Uh, it's still retailing for um for like for see for fifty eight bucks. So hey, if you really so it's still like a decent see it's still a decent buy for as far as like with um with tax with tax and all or shipping and handling depending on how you want to, depending on whether or not you're Amazon you're an Amazon Prime member. But still, like I said, it's if you if if you can do the math and you're already reading a lot of these series, then yeah, go ahead and pick this up because even like the stuff that you're not reading will probably be um. More, um, probably be, um, pretty, you'll find be pretty entertaining, or at least, very least inoffensive. So, I mean, I, compared to like other like cross crossover event tie-ins that I've read, it's like it's everything here was at least was at least pretty solid. And at the very at the very least, it was at the very least it was inoffensive. So, I enjoyed it, but you know, hey, it's like it's more like owning this series is more of a matter of just like crunching the numbers than you know offering an actual recommendation more than anything else. So, John, it's like, I don't know, any thoughts about this, or are you just um, waiting for me to stop talking? I think it's interesting, um, some of the uh, character arcs you were talking about, um, uh, they addressed, and uh, but um, I, I actually am looking forward to getting this, because it sounds like a great deal, <laughs> I mean, still, for the uh, compendium, you know, and uh, and oh. I'd be happy to, you know, plow through it on a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, it's like it's like if you want me to pick up if you want to, if hey, if I find the Avengers X Men soft cover um, in one of the bargain bins at at Comic Con, I can pick it up for you. All right, that'd be cool too. <laughs> but uh, yes, absolutely, I think it would be an interesting read. I want to, I'd like like that. All righty then. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you know that's that's it for tonight. And um, all I can say is in two weeks, I got some stuff I've been saving up, so I'll be talking about one of my. Um, Authors who I've like, really come to like over the last um, last year or so, and that's some um, James Stoko. So I hope I look forward. So it'll give me another reason to go and reread um, the first volume of Orkstein, and I talk about how he's like truly one of the most um, compelling talents in the industry right now. Cool. Well, on next, we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. All right. Later. Later.